Hello and welcome to the Geeks Can't Podcast, the podcast that is serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. <laughs> oh, crap. My name is John Christian, the Dwarven DM. It's obvious that, that Zach is not here. That would have gone a lot smoother. Uh, and the host, the hoist, the hoist, and the... <laughs> Uh, can I start that again? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the host that's joining me uh, is ever faithful, ever trustworthy, ever awesome, ever bearded, thankfully, Troy Sandlin. Arpe Diem. Arpe Geo? I don't know. Arpe. I even had a, a, a fun little fantasy greeting for that one, but uh, your little Arpe J kind of just. Uh, RPG, R- <laughs> I turned super hillbilly all of a sudden. Yeah, you did. I, I lost that. What you, what that, you playing over there? RPG, the, the regional neutral dialect uh, just completely got lost on me. That was great. Well, uh, so okay. good evening, Troy. As we sit here recording, obviously people are going to miss the uh, the dulcet sounds of Zach Goins' voice this evening. Yes, but yes. Uh, man, we've got a big topic tonight, and we so do. Troy and I were sitting here doing our usual. You know, him and Han before the stream, or during the stream, before we got started recording, and I think Troy, in his in his infinite wisdom, said we should probably go ahead and get this thing started because we've got thirty seven pages of unearthed arcana to try to sift through in an hour to an hour and a half. We shall see. We shall see. Because I can bloviate. This may a be a this may be a two parter. We don't know. <laughs> it might. Might be a three. Who knows, man? There's a there's a ton. There's a ton of information in here and a ton of stuff. So, and, and just and, and let's let's be clear about something. Uh huh. This is this is your guys's fault. This you that's got, true. You asked you, for it. You asked for it. Mm-hmm. So you gonna get it. So if you mad, it's your own fault. What's Good up, evening, man? Girk and Salil and Master of Dungeons. Hot takes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say there are hot takes necessarily, but I've definitely there are some things in here where I'm kind of I've, I've scratched my head, yeah. like from a directionality perspective. Some very interesting choices, I think, that were made in here. I haven't found anything that just like really incensed me or made me mad. I'm just kind of like, why? There are a couple there are a couple things in there that are kind of like that. And I feel like maybe it's like a there's a broader shift that we're not really Maybe we'll see it. We'll kind of breadcrumb trail our way towards what kind of like the new vision really is. We I mean, can kind of see it in there a little bit here and there, but yep, yep. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, look, we've been, it's eight years of a fifth edition. It was going to, it was going to happen sooner or later. We talked about it, right? So mm-hmm. it doesn't surprise me that they put it, put it up on the blocks. What I'm hoping is my hope continues to be for Arnard Arcana or not for a one D and D is that it will further improve the experience of the game, make it easier for people to get in, uh, get in or come back um, and just, I don't know, like improve the overall play, um, the, the feel, the vibe of the, of the game and make it a better game. We'll see though. And, and you know what, if it doesn't, that's fine. I still got my five ebooks. That's right. I got every single one. I still have all my five E's. I got my three E's. I got my four E's. I got my two E's. I got a slew of one E's if I need to. So it's like, <laughs> there. That's. I think that's like, if I can just park on that for a second, that's actually something that's really important. I think that everybody needs to consider is that like, in all honesty, nothing, you're ultimately the one that gets to decide how your games run. Like if you, mm-hmm. if there's something in the player's handbook that you don't like, that's homebrew of that jazz, man. There's something out of 4E that you really liked. You, like you wanted an encounter powers back. You can do that. 
you know, you can make them, you can make certain things in counter powers and kind of arbitrate however you want to. So that's right. You know, D, your D and D may end up becoming a hodgepodge of what are we up to? Like almost 50 years, 50 years in 2024. Yep. Almost 50 years of Dungeons and Dragons, There's 50 years worth of material out there. So nothing's, nothing has to be so holy dinosaurs playing 5e. Well, it feels like that sometimes. And I definitely have like I think they have the body type of a T Rex. I'm like all torso and no arms and legs. So and they need and they need dice towers because their their hands, you know. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yep. Oh man. That's uh, on point. Well, uh Troy, how do you wanna how do you wanna crack this nut? I say we just start at the top, man. Let's go just, top to bottom. Go, go right, top cool. to bottom. Let's do it. All right. So for those that are following at home, we're gonna kinda go through this. Uh, we're going to follow the actual PDF a bit. We'll kind of, we'll kind of, we have to zip around a bit. Uh, if certain things come up, we have to jump over to the glossary that's at the end. Uh, we may have to talk about some of the spells or who knows. So, Troy, I'm going to let you, you've got, Troy has how many pages of notes now again? Seven. Seven pages of Seven. notes. I, I doth not. Now, I read through this thing uh, to varying degrees. Like some things I just scanned through spell lists, stuff like that. Didn't read every single feat that they threw in there. And ladies and germs, there are a ton of feats in here. Mm-hmm. Like, why well, wouldn't you say like, I don't know, like three times as many as what's in the player's handbook from 2014. Does that sound about like right? It. Feels, Feels like, like it. it. And, and I will say to, to Girk's point, if there is a hot take, it's going to be in the feats. Hmm. Yep. 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 There does seem like things that, like if there's like an additional level of unnecessary complexity that's been added to this thing already, it feels like the feats are a, are a sticking point. So, all right, Troy, well, I want you to go ahead and give us, uh, give us your first bits. We're kind of talking about expert classes. What does that Ex- mean? Expert classes are, well, let's see, where did we start? Okay. Yeah. Class groups. And that's, that's the first ma- major change I think mm-hmm. of this. Um, they've taken, the different classes from the the 2014 player's handbook and and separated them out into class groups. Experts are bards, rangers, and rogues, and also uh, artificers, but they're not included Mm -hmm. in this because they don't, they are not included in the 2014 player's handbook. Um, Experts are polymaths who have the expertise feature and elements of other classes in them. They're, they're kind of like the, they're what you would consider your skill monkeys. Um, mm-hmm. the, the jacks of all trades, the, the, the ones that, uh, the players that want to be involved in as much of the goings on in the campaign as possible, mm-hmm. usually play these types of characters. Um, then you've got mages, which are your sorcerer, warlock, and wizard, your priests, which are your cleric, druid, and paladin, and your warriors, which are your barbarian, your fighter, and your monk. And this one's all about experts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, the one thing that I think a, a thing to note specifically is that there is a commonality between all three outside of just being referred to as an expert. All of them have more expertise than the others, than the other classes in skills, specifically. Mm-hmm. So the, the expertise feature uh, is an element in each of the classes. Yes. So all of them get expertise at some point or another. Sometimes they get it in multiple spots, like with the rogue. They get it, they get it, I think, at I think least twice. I think they all do, do they? I yeah. Think they all do. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yeah. But yeah, so that's, that's where we, and I like this idea. I like the idea of the class group. Mm-hmm. Um, 
to me, it's one. It's it's an easy way to say, okay, we're going to have a quote unquote balanced party, and and all that means to me is okay. Somebody pick an expert, somebody pick a mage, somebody pick a, pick a priest, and somebody pick a warrior. Mm-hmm. That way, you've got all your bases covered, um, and you kind of get that uh, with that old school vibe. You know, you've you've always got somebody covering each of the major points, and that's what this is. That's what this yeah. kind of helps you do. And this is actually the feel. I feel like this really harkens back to fourth edition a lot, mm-hmm. right? Yes, and not necessarily in titles and groups per se, but as in like purpose. The, the, your purpose in the adventuring party is going to serve as the X, right? So mm-hmm. back in fourth edition, it was what striker, defender, uh, healer, controller, controller, or no, it wasn't it wasn't healer? It was uh, it was something else. Like uh, effectively, there you're the buffer. Right, your bards mm-hmm. and clerics mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's been a long time since I played fourth yeah. edition. So Some, support something I don't remember. Yeah. It's some kind of like a support class, right? But like there are different like adventuring party roles that you weren't yes. had didn't have to be, but you were almost pigeon held, I think. So that's one of the things that's going to be really interesting to see is the class groups almost feel like you're not necessarily you're not being like forced into a role, but you kind of I take that back. You kind of are right, based on the thing that they fo- you focus on, right? Like you're going to be really great. You're going to be the skill monkey. You're going to be really, really good with skills as an expert. But you're not going to have, you know, you're not going to be the master of combat. You're not going to be the steward of divine magic. There will be some cross, some overlap that's going to mm-hmm. be in there for sure. Uh, but it's not going to be something that you focus on. You're going to focus at being an expert in a thing. Right, right. right. This is this is your your building block for for that uh, special ops team. You know, because because mm-hmm. in the in the military world, you know they they you have a specialization, but then you have multiple uh, sub sub specializations that where you cover somebody else's mm-hmm. back in case something happens. Yep. So you're always effective. That's kind of what these these classifications, these class groups do in a way. Yeah. Um, now they're one of the nice things too is they actually they threw in a, a nice gray box for the highlights for the different classes. Yeah. So they kind of gave us a, um, I don't know, like a guidepost about where the changes that were going to be significant. Uh, so all, all of the classes that we're going to talk about tonight, the Bard Ranger rogue, they've had some new, new features that have been added, uh, but there are also some revisions to the old features. And what I noticed too, is they moved some things around yep. in when you get those features sometimes later, sometimes sooner uh, for the features that are existing. So, uh, and then when a class is offered a decision, a suggested choice, this was actually I something like that this. we we talked about it briefly, right? They're like there's a choice that's presented, especially at lower levels, making it easier for characters to uh, to create your characters quickly, right? We kind of saw that already in the PHB when it came to equipment. Really, there weren't they never rec- recommended like here are some recommended cantrips and spells for you to to do or to have in your employ, but. They did say if you want optionally, you could have here's money, a monetary value to the equipment that you can purchase, or like the the quick start is this or this, this or this, this or this. Kind of like one from column B, and one from column A, and there you go. Yep. Uh, and then the the third bullet here is uh, this is one that I thought was this is going to be interesting to talk about is the old twentieth level feature has not been moved to eighteenth level. And they've introduced a new thing called Epic Boons at level well, 20. This isn't new. This is actually from 
the, um, the DMG. From the DMG. Yes. Now. But the fact that it's actually been bolted in directly to an actual yes. level grade, as opposed to it's it's been one of those things where your players, you need to give your players at least some kind of a mechanical nugget every once in a while. Whenever they do great things at 20th level and beyond, you would give them some kind of an epic boon, right? And that they could yep. essentially stack on. Whereas now, everybody at 20th level gets, that's the, the epic boon is the thing that you get or a yep. thing you get. Yep. Um, the first thing I'd like to do is I'd like I'd go back to the class groups. Now, I think, mm-hmm. I think, in my opinion, that there are some of these classes Maybe all the classes, I don't know. But I think at least some of the classes deserve to be floaters mm. that, that can be in some of the other class groups, like Paladin, Monk, and Ranger. Mm-hmm. A bard. Or, or bard. You know, bard, right? Like, like I'm saying, like all of them could probably float a little bit. Mm. Um, but that's, that's just kind of a, a personal opinion of mine. But then, well, that's actually then, a good point, though. Look, like, check that. I like not to stick on that for too long, but I think you're right. If you look, there are two in each group that really belongs there, and then there's one that's that's kind of well, except for mages, I think. But then there's one that that's the floater, right? So, like for experts, point, yeah. the bard's the floater for expert, paladin's the floater for priests, and then monks the part of the floater for warriors. Warlocks probably tech would maybe be your floater for a mage because you can go to do like the hex blade and all that kind of stuff with it right go ahead sorry well no uh and i think we'll, we'll get into this little f- this floating idea when we get down to the actual classes here in a mm-hmm. minute but let's go back to the whole uh capstone ability is now at 18th level yeah yeah, yeah. here's my thing about that tier four was never really play tested all that much during D next mm-hmm. and that's why right now it's just kind of a wonky anything goes wild west kind of hodgepodge of a, of a tier, right? It's also pretty much entirely unsupported as far as Watsi's concerned. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's really maybe one or two things that are out that even support tier four play mm. officially from Watsi. Um, and so, you know, the idea of moving moving the capstone ability down two levels so that you can you know at least get a hold of it, you're probably not going to get a hold of it anyway because how many campaigns go that long? Not mm-hmm. very many. I really don't think that there's that many people that do it. Right. Well, and it's and honestly, it's not even just like what's actually supported. Part of the we've seen this in Adventurers League with Dreams of the Red Wizards, where people complain, complain, complain about not getting tier four content, and then whenever it's produced. We're all surprised that no, it's not that no one shows up, but the numbers don't show up in the same degree as the complaints do about right. it not being there. Right. It's like, it's okay, like, so this is, you asked for tier four content. Where are you at? Where, where exactly. are those crowds at? Exactly. You know? And, you know, as far as the boons thing go, I mean, let's be honest. These boons can be kind of lame. And we're going to find that out as we get farther into this discussion. But the mm. boon, so, so now you're giving me a, a, 20th level capstone boon that is likely to be kind of a kind of ho-hum which to be honest some of the capstone abilities were pretty ho-hum as well mm-hmm. you know it's like oh i want to get to 20th level to get my capstone oh that's all it is i don't need that um mm-hmm. so it's kind of like you know what what's what's the point here what are you trying to tell us are you going to are you going to fix tier four in 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 the next 
iteration of D anD D? Are you going to support right. it? Is there is there going to be something there? Can we to help people run good tier four content? Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll, we'll find. Well, out. I hope so. Right, and I think that I do. We kind of you've. It's not even. I wouldn't even blame just the mechanics of it. I think that just the concepts of your tier four, it effectively you become the Justice League. Right, you're like super, super mm-hmm. powerful, and you there are these crazy things that are seemingly mechanically game breaking about the things that you can do, and so the scale is weird. You know, your CR goes from like twenty to thirty in that range, and like uh, it's. Uh, I think that's part of it too, right? It's like coming up with content that makes sense. Like, is it on a cosmic? It's a cosmic scale, right? You go from being the Peter Parker, Spider Man at tier one to like uh the infinity war spider-man with the iron spider suit yeah. so he can he can he can hold it his own with the big boys kind of thing you know uh all right well so let's do this why don't we go ahead and dig into let's go ahead and start with the bard where let's, let's uh a lot of this the the landscape of this thing looks really really similar you know you got uh we got bardic die that are still there they still got spell slots when you kind of but when you dig down a bit <laughs> There are some things in here that are are pretty interesting. Yes. A lot of the 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 stuff we were talking about before with like starting equipment is really simplified. It's like, do you want a hundred gold pieces or do you want this thing? And there are not a lot of choices in this. It's like, and then the the bard starter kit is effectively mm-hmm. it, right? So you can just buy all the stuff that you want to do individually or take that kit. Go ahead. Well, then you also got what you get from the back your first uh, level. True. Uh, background and feet yeah. and stuff. So True. Yeah. It, it fills it up that way. Yeah. The bard. Hmm. I, I am not a fan of what bards have become. And, and only because I think it's, it's the wrong name because bard has a historical connotation to it. And they are obviously no longer based on hit on the historical figures of those old bards, the way they once were. Um, but they're still called bards. So I kind of feel like it's kind of like uh, the glaive from crawl. That's not what that is, but that's what you call it. So, okay, good. Uh, let's just, let's <laughs> right. just, you know, it's a, it's a me hang up, not a, not a, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, looking at that chart, they get something at every level, except for levels 13 and 17. Mm-hmm. And I'm really not sure why, cause that doesn't hold true with the other classes that were shown. The, there are a couple that are like that, right? Like, I think yeah, it was there, like, there's the, like, holes but yeah yeah well yeah and and i the i'm assuming that the the excuse for that is at 13th level the proficiency bonus goes up and you start you can uh do seventh level spells at 13th level so now you've got an additional spell slot a level an additional level of spells you can do and then all of your let's see how much they don't really even increment that much, it looks like. No, none of the other ones actually increment. So that's actually right. interesting. So you just get so your level seven spell that you can cast is essentially what they give you as you're throwing you a bone at thirteenth yeah. level, which doesn't really seem that doesn't seem very I mean you're eh. getting you're getting bumps with everything else. At every other level right. you just can get one for You get something that's that is like class specific and not just like a spell. Like a general, like uh I don't know, like the spell pond availability, you know. Yeah. Same thing goes for seventh. Well, spells are it, spells are interesting as well. We'll get to that in a second. Um, yep. Bardic inspiration. Mm-hmm. It's now all in the bard's hand. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't like, oh, I'm giving you bardic inspiration. Here's a die. Roll that whenever you need to roll it. Blah blah blah. It is now 
something that is a reaction for the bard to do. You can mm-hmm. throw it at somebody to help them make a check or an attack roll or whatever, or you can uh, throw it out as a heal. Now, mm-hmm. the the adding it to as a reaction is interesting. Um, it probably makes it a little bit easier, and it probably will make it used more. Mm-hmm. Because I know there's a lot of times, you know, when you're running a game and your bard gives uh, inspiration to a few people, they just forget they've got it. Yes. And the bard, and then the bard the, has the bard has the, to tell them, "Hey, hey, hey don't forget hey, you got inspiration. Yeah, hey, you, got, yeah. you, got, you got that." And then you got the healer. And then that goes with you know, if if you like the idea of bards being a healer, this is great. You know, um, it helps. Well, that's out actually a lot. pretty interesting too that they're they are lumped automatically into a healer category as a result yeah. of how b- the bardic inspiration works. And so for those that are, uh, that haven't read through it yet within 60 feet of you, you can use your reaction. If someone takes damage and they use the, that whoever the character is that they choose that has taken damage can use a bardic inspiration, die and heal that number of hit points, um, equal to the number that are, that's rolled on it too. Yeah. Right. So. so, and then one of the things that we notice uh, quite a bit here. We're going to see kind of like as a mechanical aspect that they've really leaned into is using proficiency bonuses for the number of times that you can use things. Yeah, and and th- this will this kind of will change as we talk about this. But my my question at first is like, why tie this to the proficiency bonus straight out of the gate? Because hmm. it kind of nerfs you at lower levels because you only can do it twice. Hmm. You know. Well, yes, but. But well, we'll get to that. We'll get yeah, to we'll that. get to that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, right. So yeah, it's kind of like well, okay, whatever. So spell casting, and here's something that the way this reads to me is bards have access to all the spells on those lists, mm-hmm. and you just get to, you you get to prepare that number of them, and you you just know them. You don't have to acquire them or learn them or whatever. You can change out cantrips, which, mm-hmm. you know, the way cantrips were introduced, it was kind of like they were ingrained and and, and you had to go through something to like change them. So that's kind of weird. And they're, be, they're, they're being called cantrips in, in some spots and zero level spells in mm-hmm. others. And I kind of wonder what that's about. Right. And then you've got, and here's the biggest one that I'm kind of, I'm not a fan of. And this goes for... Rangers as well. Um, I'm guessing it's going to be like this all the way through when we get the other um, class groups playtest packs. Uh, bards can only prepare as many spells as they can cast, except for some special spells they have off to the side. So I feel like that kind of cuts down on the utility aspect of being an expert. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like instead of having, I've, I can only cast two spells, but I've got six I can choose from. Right. Nope. You can cast two spells, so you've got two in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Oh, which I—that's like—I do not like that. I, I like. Yeah. I we've, we've we've talked about it before in my campaigns. Like the, one of the homebrew things that I do is I give everybody all of the spell casting classes that can cast a cantrip. They all get a free cantrip because things like prestidigitation, a wizard that doesn't have that, doesn't make any sense to me. Right. A, a druid that doesn't have druid craft, a cleric that doesn't have thaumaturgy or something like that. That just doesn't make like those are just really innocuous spells that they should have anyway. And honestly, I want I want them to be able to have more of that utility and have like a a Swiss Army knife of of uh, 
uh, worth of spells that they can select from. Not overwhelmingly so, right? I think that maybe that's right. part of what they're trying to avoid is overwhelming people with too many options. It's where they forget about some of the stuff that they're they're using. But this is like really, really paring it down. But by, by right. the way, that they're doing and something else to make sure that we I wanted to cover was any spell you prepare for this class must be an arcane spell. So we talked before in the last playtest packet that there are that spells have been categorized into three types of spells, arcane, divine, and then primal are the yep. different. And so there is an arcane spell list. Boom. The end. There is not a bard spell list, a wizard spell list. There is like arcane. Now, the way that it looks like that they're going to start sectioning them out for each one of the classes is this next bit. And they must be from one of the following schools of magic mm-hmm. for a bard. Bards can only cast spells from the arcane spell list from divination, enchantment, illusion, or transmutation. That's it. No evocation at all in there. No necromancy. Uh, let's see. No. What else is not, is not in here? I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. Anyway, but like that's how they're. That's essentially that's how you specialize the bard's spell casting further and to tighten. The new the, the the ring around what they can actually they can cast from, which I think that was interesting. Mm-hmm. It was it was I, I don't know maybe I I like the fact that the bards have spells that they can cast that that wizards can't cast. Period. I do too. I but that that also um, they start fluffing that out. You know, you get it uh, the songs of restoration repertoire, mm-hmm. um, and those are some some healing spells and mm-hmm. things like that that you that you get to add. So that's how they get around that is they, they start giving you lists of, yep. oh, here you can you can dip into this and here you can dip into this. And so yep. that that's how they widen out. But you can still only – they're prepared and those, those spells are always prepared, but you can still only cast like what, three or four, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. however many slots. And then you can only have that number of other spells prepared as well. Yeah, and we're. It feels like with the bard, it's they they are really they're really tightening what you're going to be able to use the bard for. Just at the because like we're not even in subclasses at this point yet, but the bard is very healy. Whereas the bard was could be healy if they wanted to be. They're going to be. They're always. They've always been like a a support class, but uh, but star songs of restoration. Like everything, pretty much everything in here is to some degree is like a healing or some kind of like a, a party assist spell, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, so okay, so we kind of skipped ahead a little bit, I think. But that first level was they get the spells. Uh, and then uh, second level is there's your first expertise. So two skills yep. of your choice, uh, you gain uh, expertise in those proficiencies, right? And then second level, Songs of Restoration. So you get spells like Healing Word at second, Lesser Restoration, Mass Healing Word, Freedom of Movement, Greater Restoration. And then at third, you get your subclass at that point. Yep. And, you know, and this is kind of one of my things with it. Bards, historically, they came from an actual college. That's what they did. They learned stuff. They went around. They taught. They spread knowledge, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. College in this term is not an actual college. It is what they call their group of mm-hmm. like-minded other bards. And and that's why, because I've heard this kind of come up a few times here in the recently talking about why do we pick subclasses at third level? Mm-hmm. 
And that, and for, for the bar, that's why they're not coming out of a college. Cause I'm like, how do you pick a college after you've already left the college? <laughs> that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But, but the reason being is the bard, the young bard is going out into the world and seeing what's out there and kind of deciding, you know, what kind of bard do I want to be? And then you supposedly, this is probably never going to happen in anybody's campaign because they're going to ignore this part, but you would find other bards that are like-minded and steer you down in the, the, the case of the playtest packet, uh, the lore college. Mm-hmm. And you would hang out with people that are that are more about lore than you would about valor or or whatever else there might be. And you gather maybe in libraries, maybe in an actual college if they let you use one of their presentation rooms or something like that. <laughs> um, but you go and you share knowledge and you and, and things like that. And that's how you hone your craft and 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 travel down the path of a specific subclass. Mm-hmm. Um so I had to do a little I, I, I admittedly had to do some mental gymnastics to make that work in my head because I like the idea of bards coming out of a college, having learned all of this stuff to then travel around to spread knowledge and lore and stories and not mm-hmm. be, you know, wandering loot playing hobags. <laughs> as they are kind of presented now, which, but I mean, Hey, if that's what you like to do, you know, do your thing. It's not that big a deal. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just, a, you know, that's what the college means in this case. Um, uh, so continue on with, uh, you got it. What's so, what they get. Yeah. Yeah. So we got subclasses at third, which we'll, we got, we're going to skip ahead here in a bit for that, or we'll, uh, we'll, we'll skip past this and we'll, we'll delve into the subclass that they've offered up, which is the lore. Uh, it's college of lore uh fourth level feet and then fifth level so jack of all trades got pushed got pushed out a bit right to the fifth level so those of you that are not familiar with it half of your proficiency bonus gets to add it to any ability check that uses a skill proficiency uh for example yeah yeah well you got, those that have played fifth edition are, are pretty familiar yeah. with that i think uh, and then sixth level, it's subclass feature again. And then level seven is your font of bardic inspiration. So and this gets moved again as well. So there's kind of like a flip, I think. Yeah, but here's the thing. So now at seventh level, you can uh, now your your bardic inspiration recharges after a short rest. Correct. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna we're gonna go with the idea that. Uh, you can only have two short rests that qualify as short rests per day, right? Mm-hmm. So now you go at seventh level, you go from three uses of Bardic Inspiration to nine. Yeah. In a single 24-hour period. Mm-hmm. That's an insane jump. And a natural one becomes a mulligan. Yes. On your, on your Bardic die roll. Yeah. yeah. It, it's like, really? It doesn't. You don't spend it. I, 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 I don't know. It to me, it depends on the type of game that you're playing. But it's already hard to really, really, really challenge. For a lot of people, it's hard to really challenge characters in Five E. And I feel like all they're doing now is just making it even harder for DMs to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, consider this. I mean. 
the font of inspiration was uh was previously a fifth a fifth level uh ability or a, a trait or feature mm-hmm. you regain the expended use so it's this it's the same feature uh except the fact that it, they're the mulligan on a one right so they at least we see here that this tripling possible tripling possible more than tripling. likely you're looking at more like a it's a double to a triple, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, tripling of it is not going to happen at fifth level anymore. That would happen at, at seventh. And so the, um, what is it? Let's see. Expertise, not expertise, but Jack of all trades was at second level. And now it's at fifth level. So certain things of the bard have been pushed out a bit. If you want to become more bardy, you're going to, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer mm-hmm. than, than what you had before. So the meat and potatoes of being a bard kind of gets stretched along the spectrum instead of everything being wadded up within the first five levels right um then you get another feat at eighth and you get and at ninth level you get expertise again mm-hmm. there's there's your there's your double and you get another subclass feature subclass feature at 10th and then you get magical secrets so this is one where you've collected knowledge and you can choose a spell list arcane divine or primal but whatever whenever you prepare your spells for a class up to two of the spells that you can prepare or prepare can be from the chosen list and from any school of magic so now that arcane or that magical uh, jack of all trades kind of comes into play with the bard where they can start dipping their toes into other uh spellcasting pools ish but now it still goes back to that you're locked into. You can only prepare how many spells you can cast. Mm-hmm. You True. don't. You still don't have that uh, poker hand of cards to pick from, right? But now in your poker hand, you you got some Uno cards and some and some Go Fish cards in there too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, that's at least you're getting some more utility. You're getting some more bardiness. Yep. But still, me, it's limiting. Let me throw this one out there too. So one thing that I forgot to mention about feats. As feats are no longer optional, ish. Pretty much, no. Right, and the reason being is because before, and I think this is actually smart, honestly, the way that they did this. Before it was, you get an ability score bump or you take a feat optionally, instead of just saying, "Look, there's a feat that is ability score improvement. That mm-hmm. is the feat, and the ability score improvement feat works exactly the way that it does whenever you get an ability bump at fourth and eighth and all that, those other levels, right?" So instead, they just said, "All right, well, we're gonna—they're gonna double down on feats in this new iteration of D and D, and at this—and this way, we're still not—we're not losing the ability score bump, but it simplifies, kind of levels or planes the field a bit." And then, and you can also go, and they're saying what you can do is like, well, your feats are still optional, except for your first level feat and your ASI feat. Mm-hmm. You you could take all the other feats off the table, and if you keep yep. those then you know whatever but yep yeah uh 15th level kind of zip along here is it 15th level you get more magical secrets some more spells added to your spell list with that really tight really short casting list though right yeah feet feet at 16th level superior bardic inspiration at 18 so there's that capstone that we were talking about before so when you roll initiative you regain two expended uses of your bardic inspiration yeah so so now you're probably i mean if, if you're maxing things out now you're looking at like 22 uses of bardic inspiration mm-hmm. per day, not counting mulligans. Right. Are you really going to have that many reactions? Do I, I mean, mean, 
Yeah. So you pretty much like that's how you, that's what you're devoting all of your reactions to as bardic inspiration at that point. I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not pretty not much. opportunity attacks or whatever else you'd have in your spell repertoire, right? Yeah. Uh, then get a feat at 19th, and then your epic boon, which we'll talk about here in a bit at 20th. Something that I'm going to zip back a little bit further and talk about. I think it's important is multi-classing. Oh, multi-classing yeah. at least right now they've plugged it in to the same area as your your build like your the all of your character options as a as a bard so multi-classing is in there i thought that was interesting and that may just be like a this makes the most sense while we're doing the play test packet i'm not sure that that's going to be where they put it in the player's handbook whatever the enhanced player's handbook looks like right but i thought that was a, an interesting Instead of having like a just a multi-classing section like they do in, in the P, the 2014 PHP, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, you got bard prepared spells. Uh, this section, they, so they give you recommended spells, which, which makes it, no sense to me. Yeah. So weren't we just trying to get rid of spell lists? I feel like that's maybe that what they were why they were trying to simplify things into an arcane, divine, and primal. But now we're just giving like a bunch of recommended spell lists instead. Well, but that's, that's just it. Look at those spell lists. They mm-hmm. change every level. Why? I don't under I don't understand. It's like Oh, I see. You're suggesting right. spells and they and they're changing every level. Yep. Shouldn't that be something that, that is dictated by the style of campaign that's being well, played? Hang I mean, on a second. Are they are they changing or are you adding them to? Right? No. So you would have like from first level to second level, you don't get more spells. You could only cast two. You can only prepare two. Yeah, that's weird. It's, Why I, would they do that? I wonder. And they and they do it for the ranger too in, in the in the ranger section. So it's like I don't understand. Hmm. And unless it's something just so glaringly obvious that I'm missing it, which that could very yeah, well be. Too. Yeah, because they swamp from for, okay. So for first to second level bard, you go from having color spray and disguise self as really important spells that everybody must have to. Well, hang on a second. At second level, though, you should swap those out for Healing Word and Dissonant Whispers. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense anyway, though, right? Does Hang on a second. Second level. Uh, well, they get sec- at second level, they get... Uh, maybe that's it. Hang on a second. Second level. Well, at second level, they get Healing Word. But no, I mean- no, no, no. Hang on a second. I know why. I know why. Check it out. So at first level, they have two in their prepared spell list. Mm-hmm. Uh, prepared spells at second they get three so the extra two that you get at, at second level that they're recommending includes gotcha. includes yeah includes healing word and then the extra one that you would get from leveling Which would be dissonant two. whispers right so it does look like it is an on it is an ongoing stacking of their uh, quote-unquote their spell casting repertoire that makes more sense so it's just like what but it, even, I'm, but I'm even still, like I, I think, what my my only like my nitpick though is that like if we're trying to save on page usage here and word count, like uh, how much are we really getting that much out of recommended spell cast uh, spells well, to be added in there? I do like the idea of when there's choices to be made, they give suggestions for a new player. I do like that um, because it makes it quicker to get to the game. Mm-hmm. You know, if if a DM is 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 going to introduce someone to this game and they're not going to just hand them a pre-generated character, which is what I would try to suggest to do, mm-hmm. um, if the person really, really, really wants to build their character, now you've got these as like, oh well, what do I do here? Well, just take what it suggests. Well, I don't like this mm-hmm. spell. Well, then pick something up. You know, it gives you a basis to 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 build from. 
Right. So I, I can, I can. Maybe. I mean, I, I get that. I think that that's something that I don't know that it would be. I would put it in a book. Like maybe that's like a D and D beyond supplement or a downloadable PDF or something like that. Maybe. I don't know. Um, Let's see. And then we go, we're going to uh, dip down to a college of lore bard here, right? We'll kind of go through these pretty quickly. Third level college of lore. You get extra bon- bonus proficiencies doubling down on, on those skills, right? You get uh, arcana history and nature. If you have one of them already, then uh, you choose a skill proficiency you lack and you gain that instead. Uh, third levels cutting words so you can use your bardic inspiration to uh, make it harder for enemies to hit you if you want to and as a reaction go ahead so I, have a qu- I have a question uh-huh what about cutting words says lore to you nothing exactly nothing. not a thing well this, i mean but in all honesty sh- like they, they're giving them they're like they're throwing them a uh like a combat bone you know this what I mean? should be like, something yeah but this should be something that every bard can do mm-hmm. i agree I agree. You know, because they're smart. They're supposed to be quick-witted and they're supposed mm-hmm. to have like, you know, your mama jokes on 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 deck ready to go. <laughs> right. And that's so something else. Go ahead, this sorry. Should be, this should be this should be every bard is able to do this cuz this I agree has with that. nothing to do with lore. Yeah. And something else to throw in here too is like when a creature that you see within 60 feet of you succeeds on an ability check or an attack roll, like you get to know this, there's no like before the result is is told by the DM or anything like that. You're told, all right, they uh, they roll a 19. Your AC is 18. They hit you. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now that I know that it only because I know that it succeeded. Now I'm going to apply a re- my user reaction to apply that uh, that bardic inspiration mm-hmm. to try to reduce that. And so that you have to you have to uh, keep whatever the potential failure or success is after the roll. Uh, let's see here. Cunning inspiration. Let's see here. Uh, when any creature, your bardic inspiration uh, rolls your the, the die, they can roll twice and use the, t- the higher of the two rolls at sixth level. That's nice. Yeah. And again, what does that have to do with lore? Right. That should, well, that and, should be something that's an orator type. Right. Well, then 10th level, they double down right on that yeah. because because 10th level is improved cutting words. Uh, you can deal di- psychic damage to a creature equal to the number rolled on your bardic inspiration die plus your charisma modifier, which that's like a nominal amount extra, but you know, it's every little bit helps. Yeah. Oh and yeah. Then, it's yeah. Like, go ahead. It's, no, it's just like, meh. right. Uh, 14th level. Now here, this makes more sense for the floor bard peerless skill. When you make yes. an ability check and fail, you can expend an inspiration and then roll an inspiration die. Add the number of roll, uh, add the number rolled, to the check, potentially turning it into a success. If the check still fails, this is what actually matters. If the check still fails, the bardic inspiration is not expended. So that that t- pool of twenty two die <laughs> that you got sitting in there, it's almost like an you're an, in, an endless font of inspiration and re rolls over and over and over oh, again. Which to me, I wonder how much that's going to slow the game down. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hang on a second. Why don't you roll a bardic inspiration die? Whoa, 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 roll it in part of inspiration die. And you're doing that almost, the granted, you can really only do it once per turn because you only get one bar- reaction though, right? Yeah. So then, then maybe that's going to be the limiter, but it's like every single round yeah. you're going to get and, one of those. In. And, you know, fifth uh, edition was designed with uh, the idea of, you know, you're going to have several fights in an adventuring day. Mm-hmm. And nobody plays it that way. Yes. 
Correct. I mean, I should say nobody. Not a lot of people play it that way. It doesn't, some, it doesn't happen. It's not something that happens on the regular. Right, right. right. And and so, yeah, it's going to happen like every every session, every four-hour session that you have is just going to be this one player vomiting bardic inspiration all the time. Mm-hmm. Because there there's probably only going to be, you know, maybe two, three combats. So they're going to be bam, 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 So it's going to be a lot of this stuff flying around. And I just don't think this subclass, this, as presented, it doesn't feel anything like what I, what I think a lore bard should feel mm-hmm. like. This feels more like your standard run-of-the-mill bardy bard. Mm-hmm. This, this, this shouldn't be a subclass. This is what bards do. Right. Well, and so. if we go back to the College of Lore as it stands in 5e... Cutting words is where you get that. Then the additional magical secrets that got moved out of the College of Lore and into just like the regular old Bard uh, uh, area. And then same thing goes. And the Peerless Skill was another College of Lore specific mm-hmm. ad that they gave in there, right? So really, the cutting words was specifically applied to it. But I'm I'm with you. It's like can can we double down more on magic? Maybe make a, a more magicy Bard or. Without Something. adding, just because to me, bards at this point with two uh, two rounds of expertise and then um, the uh, bonus proficiencies and all the proficiencies that I already get with it and their their background and all this other stuff that they get, it's like they're proficient in everything. They And yeah. they also have jack of all trades. So it's just like... Which, which think, keep that in mind because put a pin in that because we'll, be, we'll talk about that after a bit too. Yeah. All right. So let's do this. So we we are now <laughs> like forty minutes into this thing, mm-hmm. and we went through one class. Uh, this is definitely going to end up being a part two, I think. So let's put your money where our mouth is, or something. Let's restart. John, Troy, and myself get an itch to do some writing every once in a while, and when that happens, we publish it through World of Game Design. Head on over to store.wogd.com to find books like Oceanic Depths, Scrap Rats, and Motherload that feature design by your delightful and charismatic hosts. Again, that's store.wogd.com. But like Ranger will be faster because a lot of this is kind of the same thing. Like the spells, we don't talk about spells with Ranger. That's true because it's the same thing as Bard. That's true. You can only prepare the however many that you can cast, and it's Mm -hmm. from it's from Primal, and you just know them. You don't learn them. You're not you don't go out and find new Ranger spells. You Mm -hmm. just know them. Right. And I, I again, I feel like that's. I don't like that. Hmm. Um, no, th- there is something that's okay. So let's let's on that note. Let's let's go over to Ranger then, shall we? So when you look at the the big table, the Ranger table that gives you level proficiency bonus and all that good mm-hmm. stuff, there are a couple things that immediately stand out. One of them that is like a punch in the face, not in a bad way necessarily, but like whoa, cantrips. Rangers now have access to cantrips. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Uh, and then there's only really one dead level at level 17 yep. for rangers and that's i guess the justification again is that they get a bonus to their proficiency at that level and they get fifth level spell access at that point right which eh, give them some kind of throw them some kind of little, like an extra little flavor nugget if nothing else would be mm-hmm. nice to put that in there to fill out the rest of the class features 
starting equipment the same way multi-classing we kind of talked about that uh let's kind of we'll just start with first off first level hello expertise okay well before we jump in oh yeah what you got here here's what i wish they would have done because i don't think they learned from 2014 Mm. i would rather see that they treat ranger more like the fighter class and by that i mean the base class should be spellless Hmm. because where does a ranger casting spells come from? I don't know. Well, and that may be as intended, right? In order to keep it just from being like, everybody's a, everybody's Aragorn or like, well, that's what I'm saying. You, if you want to be Aragorn, you should be able to have that ability hmm. and why not have one subclass or, or the, the base level is, Treat it like an Eldritch Knight. All the rest of them could be Eldritch Knights, but then give me a, give me a Battlemaster Ranger. I think at least thing. part of that is that some of the things that we've been familiar with uh, with a Ranger are are now spells or have been spells in Fifth Edition. Like Hunter's Mark was a thing that we got in Fourth Edition that people got really used to to having of like singling out targets and pointing at them and going, "Yeah, you're next," kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that maybe maybe that's part of it. And while they they obviously they again double down on spells because they now they've got we have cantrips now that the yeah, that bards I, I or mean, that uh, rangers can use too yeah all right so first level expertise talked about that a bit and then favored enemy so you always have the hunter's mark spell in your repertoire mm-hmm. uh, it's always prepared and it does not count against the number of spells moreover you don't have to concentrate on the spell to cast it so right. that means that it's possible for druids to have hunter's mark since they can cast from the primal spell list, but they probably have to concentrate in order to maintain that yes. spell, whereas rangers don't. So that's something that we'll separate it there. Uh, and you can end it as a bonus action or if you're incapacitated. Uh, incapacitated, and, excuse me. Yeah, I, for, for me, when I saw a favorite enemy, I'm like, oh, crap. Because mm-hmm. to me, it was an old and tired feature. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just, it is what it is. And I feel like, at least, in, you know, past versions when selecting a creature type it could be it could become problematic mm-hmm. real quick because if you use it for any kind of sentient creature you know my mm. my favorite enemy is goblinoids or my favorite er- enemies are is orcs or whatever it turns into racism bigotry xenophobia and just intolerance well definitely let me let me if i can i'll soften my mine is similar to yours i'll say that my softer set way of saying it is that it it really it gives people an excuse, yes. Or like it, like gives them the excuse to be, have that kind of behavior at the table, yep. to where it's like, yep. well, that's just my character. My character hates goblins, all mm-hmm. goblins, because he's a ranger and all like so it's my favorite enemy. So I have to treat everybody like all goblins like crap, no matter how nice they are to me or yeah. if it's their birthday. Yeah, and this way, the way this one is worded, it takes away from that because it's not a specific thing. It's like what you just said a little bit ago. It's standing on the on on the field of battle and going, you, I'm I am after you, mm-hmm. and and it and it's it's not a a species, it's not a a beast, it's not it, it could be whatever in that moment, and that's my favorite enemy because that's who I need to mark, and I like mm-hmm. that 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 makes it way more versatile than the old style of favorite enemy where you're picking an entire swath. Right. Well, and it's, and it never changes. Exactly. I, 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 that's always been a sticking point for me is like whenever 
is the the paralyzing choice that you have to make mm-hmm. of oh god do i do aberrations do i do monstrosities do i do goblin like what am I, which one should i pick because i only get one and i'm stuck with it for the next five levels mm-hmm. and or and then you know you don't see a single goblin away for five levels for like right. uh, for like six or seven months with your buddies while you're playing or even a couple of weeks right that's a bummer uh all right so spell casting is the same thing right i think the one thing that we didn't stick on before that i think is interesting too again is like when there is it is by default you have spells that are automatically added to your spell list you have the following spells prepared cure wounds guidance hunter's mark and thorn whip you can't alternatively no 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 right 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 exactly but well the default is that you do but alternately you can instead you can prepare them right but like the first thing that you see is you have these but if you want to if you want to come up mm-hmm. with your own you can right which i kind of i kind of like that in theory because to me maybe not for me not for this group of, of classes but like for for a wizard mm-hmm. if you go to a wizard school to become a wizard i'm pretty sure you're going to have the same at least these same five spells as every other kid in, in your school right mm-hmm. Because everybody's going to learn reading, everybody's going to learn writing, everybody's going to learn arithmetic. Right. So you're going to have those, like, so why is it you don't get any base spells? Mm. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So fighting style at second level, something we're familiar with. No surprise there. Uh, archery, defense, two-weapon fighting. We know those. those yeah. not, no, no big deal. Whenever you gain a, uh, a feat at later levels, Fighting style feats are among your options. We're going to talk about feats later. Probably, we're probably not going to be able to get to them in this broadcast. But holy moly, there's a feats are a soup, friends, and it is and, and they threw everything in the pot. It, there's a lot going on in there. They're going to really have to. I, mean, I think they're going to, have to rethink that a bit. And then uh, ranger subclass at third, feat at fourth, extra attack at fifth. We all know these things already. Subclass feature at sixth. Um roving pretty cool actually uh, this is like of the yeah. the ads i like this for the I, ranger like a lot I do too i do too it, it, there is one thing that you know we're already at seventh level and there's one thing that i've noticed that we don't have what's that a favored biome yeah well right okay so that's a good point i think that's going to come into play with subclasses but it didn't in hunter it didn't in hunter but that's back that's because hunter the hunter is we'll get to we'll get that in a second but hunter is like a very specific thing you may have a ranger that's like a forest ranger or something like that they may go delve into like very specifics about that subclass that makes them even Perhaps. better suited for those i don't Perhaps. know we'll, we'll kind of see but i mean think, i think that's fair though because for me like the roving i love it i love the, I love the yeah. idea but i think it should be tied to your biome because mm. like you know Swampy Joe can cruise through the marsh like no other, right? Mm-hmm. He can just run all day. It's running through the, the, the swamp. But that doesn't mean he can sprint through the frozen tundra hmm. or a packed city street without any issue. Right. So I, I feel like, you know, one of the things that I don't, some of these things to me should be more specific and not just, yes, you get this in all instances always. Right. You know, well, okay. So, and by, and by the way, for those that are not reading this the way that we are, so roving, your speed increases by ten feet when you're not in heavy armor, and you have a climb speed and swim speed equal to your speed. That's awesome. 
Like, like that, I think that's very rangery to me. Mm-hmm. Just being able to zip through the water, climb up the climb up trees like a spider monkey, and then zip back and forth in combat, and never really have to worry too too much about how fast you need to be in order to get from point A to point B. Right. That is great. I really do like that. I think I agree with you. Maybe there's like something else to be added in here. I actually kind of like this as like all rangers get that you, personally. Yeah. That's like, like yes. I, I want them to have all of it. I but I, but I, I'm with you that like I do miss the the biome specialization of some sort. That is something that's the traditional. Maybe it's just the traditional ranger that I that I would miss. Right. Uh, eighth level is a feat. Ninth level is expertise. We talked about that again. Tenth level is uh, a subclass feature. Tireless at eleventh level. I like this one too. I like this too. I right. Like this Tell too. us about it, Troy. I uh, hold on. Let me let me get to it. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm on my notes. I'm on my notes page. Where'd it go? That's there, okay. I got, I got you. I got you. There it is. There you got it? Okay, go ahead. Right. Go, go. Uh, the primal forces now help fuel you on your journeys, granting you the following benefits. You get temporary hit points. Whenever you finish a short or long rest, you can give yourself a number of temporary hit points equal to 1d8 plus your proficiency bonus. Not mm-hmm. a huge thing. Yeah, but it's a nice little buffer. could take the edge right? off of a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, decrease exhaustion. If you oh. are exhausted... When you finish a short rest, your level of exhaustion decreases by one. Now, a short rest. That's crazy. That sounds really cool. But Mm -hmm. my argument is exhaustion has now been nerfed. Well, for rangers. So. No, I'm I'm talking about the condition. I'm talking about the condition. Okay. Exhaustion has been nerfed. I got you. Okay. It's not as cool as what we think it is. Oh. is, Is what I'm saying, you know. Okay. I got you. Yeah. All right. Uh, 12 levels of feet. 13th level is nature's veil. You invoke spirits of nature as a bonus action. You can expend a spell slot and become invisible until the end of your next turn. That's pretty yeah. cool. That's all right. That's fine. It's cool. But again, this does not have to be a magical ability. Make this attached to the biome, your, your favorite biome, and you're able to blend in so well that you become invisible. Mm-hmm. You don't need to attach this to some, some weird magical ability. True. Like just, it's just camouflage. You're it's just, just camouflage. Like exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're Arnold Schwarzenegger, you're Dutch, covered in mud, hiding from the predator, you know, I'm whatever. A I'm a I'm tree. I'm a tree. Kill me baby. now. Kill me. <laughs> Kill me now and smell me later. <laughs> uh, all right. So you got, that's nature's veil. And then a subclass feature at 14th. Feral senses. Your connection to the forces of nature grants you blind sight for a range of 30 feet. That's cool. I like it. I mean, yeah, it's like, makes cool. sense. Makes sense. Yep. You are so attuned with your surroundings, right? Uh, feet at 16th, foe slayer. So your hunter's mark becomes a 1d10 instead of 1d6. Uh, feet at 13th, epic boon. Which, okay, so let us let me go back really quick, actually. Foe slayer. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. seems like a really, really weak capstone. Oh, it's so sad. It's so, so like, sad. Like, really? 1d, like, you, like two die up. If we go from a 1d6 to a 1d10, that's mm-hmm. your capstone ability? That You're seems giving me four extra hit points of damage to deal out at 18th level. Mm-hmm. What are you going up against at 18th level where a four-point swing is going to save your butt? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, that's not a... <laughs> <laughs> just i think let's uh not to knock the, the folks in wizards r&d or anything like that but let's i think that may need to go back to the drawing board just a bit i think that's uh i think there's a little bit more that you can do to it than that that seems like we got to give them something 
Mm-hmm. Well, and we got to get this UA out like right now. <laughs> Just bump their bump their uh, bump their uh, hunters mark up a bit. Uh, let's see spells yada yada yada. I think we're gonna probably bypass that. And then yep. hunter. Or is there anything you want to touch base about anything that we touched on except for when we, once we get to this uh, subclass? Nope. Nope. All right. Cool. All right. So hunter. Uh, there's some cool stuff in here. Hunter's prey. Uh, when you hit a creature with a weapon or an unarmed strike. Using the, as part of the attack action on your turn, the weapon or unarmed strike deals an additional one d eight points of damage as long as the target is missing hit points. You can only deal this once per turn. That's fine. As a hunter, yeah. that makes sense. Yep. Third you're level, bloody, you're bloodied. I'm I'm running you down. You know, exactly. Cool. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hunter's lore. You can call on the forces of nature to re- reveal weaknesses. So while a creature is marked by hunter's mark you know whether or not the creature has any immunities resistances or vulnerabilities and if the creature has any uh you know what they are that's nice that, that's a horrible way to write it and i hate that right yeah I, I and it's not- also kind of like if this as a sixth level one i wish they would add just a little bit more juice to the, or squeeze a little bit more juice out of this as a sixth level that's that's neat it is neat it's kind of like uh for anybody that's a final fantasy 4 fan it's like a uh, peep or peak or something like that, I think is what it was called, that uh, Edgar, not Edgar, Sid, that Sid could do, where you could kind of like see the weaknesses of the creature so that you could uh, apply that damage type to the creature and have an easier time to kill him. My my thing is, I, I dislike abilities like these. Hmm. Because to me, they don't they do not make sense as described. Just because hmm. I'm tracking something does not mean I'm going to know that it's immune to fire. Well, you're not actually tracking it at this point with Hunter's Mark. You've Again, seen how it how it's how it's uh, operating in combat, right? And maybe you see the the, the the one scale that's missing from Smog's uh, scales. May, may, I mean, if if you've got something like that, yes. But if you're if it's literally just, I can see all of that. I don't have to make a check. I don't have mm. to do anything. I get resistances, immunities, and vulnerabilities mm-hmm. just because I got this thing hunter's mark. Sure, I got I got it all. And I, right. I just don't like it to be automatic. There, in to me, there needs to be signs, signs that show something like this, something that you know. Oh, yeah, there's scorch marks, but you know, whatever. It looks superficial, so maybe fire doesn't work on this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got uh, arrows embedded in him, so he must not feel pain. You know, whatever it might be, it just shouldn't be automatic. Just bang, there it is. That, think, that's the, that's the storyteller in me. I just and I, I'm with you. I think that the one reason why I'm willing to like bypass that is just because for, to speed up combat. It's a, just another die roll and another calculation that we can forego and just say, you're a hunter. This is what you do. You're, you are craven. You're craven, the hunter. And the, and you know how to gauge your prey now. Okay. I would like it like this hunter's mm-hmm. lore sixth level. On your first hit of a creature, you can ask the DM for a vulnerability. Does it have any vulnerabilities? Does it have any resistances? Or does or or does it have any immunities? Mm. And you on get, the first hit, okay. and you get you get one. Which one do you want to know? Mm-hmm. Because that tells me that you're now you're probing. You're was doing. A, let's say it was a probing attack, right? Yeah, yeah, you're doing something to figure these things out. So it's a give and take. It's not just a blanket. Yep, I'm going to vomit all this information on you, even though there is no way that you could know what this thing does because I just created this monster and it's got all these really weird things that it can do. Mm. You know, so I could, I could see that as a as a good compromise. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. 
Um, all right, multi-attack. You now have always have Conjure Barrage prepared, and it doesn't count against your spells. Uh, this is And this next bit is really weird. I'm not really a fan of this next bit. So you can also cast a spell as a first and second level spell slot. When you do so, the spell's damage is reduced by 1d8 for each slot. Like, there's like... I'm not. I don't want to be math lazy, but that seems like oh my god! I don't shouldn't have to calculate that crap with a like. Just say that you can only do it at third level instead of like the being able to do it at first or second. Either that or make it a first level spell. Mel, exactly. Make it a first level spell, right? That can that you can then throw additional spell slots into, right? I don't know, and I don't know enough about enough about conjure barrage. I could probably pull that up right now. Let's do that. Even though that's a spell, where are we at? Do do do. Next. Nope. I don't have it in here anywhere. All right. Well, we'll. Uh, I'm sure it's a great spell. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure, it's fantastic. It's wonderful. Sure, it's fantastic. But yeah, uh, so uh, pe- kill a lot. Kill it says, yeah, they're starting to downgrade spells. It. I mean, you can do that anyway. You can do that in in five e now if you wanted to, and the DM is okay with it. You just have to take those dice of damage away as you drop down in level, and right. this just gives you permission to do so. Yep. Uh, I am. I looked for like a quick check. I don't see that Conjure Barrage in here anywhere. And it, Maybe well, it could, it. Be a, it could be a new spell. Yep. Okay. So uh, then 14th level is Superior Hunter's Defense. Uh, you, When you are hit by an attack roll, you can use your reaction to half the attack's damage against yourself, and you can redirect it, the other half, to one creature within five feet of you that you can see. That's kind of cool. So that's some like that's some some jujitsu level. Yes, rangering. I, I wish this was just a base ranger ability mm. because you know the the juke and and jiving and trying to redirect yeah. damage and stuff like that. But one thing I'm curious about: this is called Superior Hunter's Defense. Where's, where's Hunter's Defense? Where, where's the regular yeah. Hunter's Defense? Good, good, good point. Good point. <laughs> you know why? Why are you giving me something that's superior when you didn't give me the give me the 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 base model first? So, so let me. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to like Craven the Hunter on this one, mm-hmm. where like if he's he he's used to like fighting lions and tigers and bears and stuff like that at 14th right. level, he can redirect their attack to harm them or something else that's nearby or something like that. I, maybe right. That's, I think that's probably even a stretch. It's a cool ability. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't dislike it. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of like, where, where is the other hunter's defense? Yeah, is like, a valid question to ask. That's hmm. like, All it's, right. new and, it's new and improved. New and improved. Where's from, the from what? Where's the OG hunter's defense? That's what yeah, I want to know. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So, anything that you want to touch base on with Ranger before we move on to the master of uh, of experts, as at least as Five E stands today yes. with the Rogue. No, I mean. As far as it goes, uh, I in, I like the Ranger way more than I like the Bard. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a better Ranger than we have in 5e. Also. It is most. Uh, not having played played, mm-hmm. yes, I think yeah. this is going to be a better Ranger. Yeah, I, it, um, fe- it feels better out the gate at least, right? It does. Okay. Oh, boy. I love a Rogue, man. I'm sorry. I, I just I love a Rogue. So let's let's take a look at this. Does the rogue have any... We're looking at the table for the rogue, first of all, right? Does the rogue... There are some things we're familiar with. Sneak attack's still there. That's great. Class features, they're in a single dead level. Not, not exactly. One. Not, not one dead level. So why are you going to... Yeah. You know, it's got to be the... What you said, it's got to be the uh, the proficiency bump and the spell level add. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That, but you get... The, but 
it's not a unique thing. You still get that and you and get other abilities on yes. other levels. So I don't Right, exactly. Understand. Earlier levels get both. Why can't yeah. you have both? Yeah, I don't yeah. I'm with you. All right, uh, let's see here. Starting equipment, we could bypass that, missing that. All right, so expertise at first level. First level, everybody gets you get expertise, they get expertise, we all get expertise. That's awesome. I I just let me say this. At the very least, I appreciate the fact that in these groups, there is definitely something that binds them together mm-hmm. like this. Like all of them get this trait or this feature that makes them all very similar. Now, that's good, but I also like we're talking about the homogenization of flavor that does homogenize things quite a bit. And you kind of lose some of the uniqueness, I think, to a degree. Now, like, am I dying on that hill? No. But like there is like there's some give and take. It's like the cool little thing about we all have this. These three classes have something that they share in common. That's neat to like there's some of their uniqueness that's kind of like that dies out a bit as a result of it. Yeah. Uh, so expertise. Uh, then sneak attack. We're all familiar with that. Yeah. Uh, once uh, let's see if there's anything that's different on this one, though. If you're attacking with a finesse or ranged weapon, it uh, it has you have to have at least yeah everything else is, is pretty much the same. So you have to be yep. have advantage or have an ally adjacent to the target to get sneak attack. Yes. So nothing nothing crazy there. Thieves can't. This is interesting because it's not just you don't just know thieves can't. You know thieves can't and one other language of your choice, which you can choose yes. from standard or rare uh, rare languages. Troy, you look like. You have a problem with this. I do. What is this? What is the deal with one D and D and their push to making every stinking character a polyglot? Hmm. You don't need to, you know, not everybody needs to walk around with 12 languages. They, they're never that important in a game. They're hmm. never that important in any campaign. I will if say this. I will say this though. Maybe the bard or the ra- or the rogue the rogues is like to me like the closest is like the the Indiana Jones. I mm-hmm. want my Indiana Jones to be able to know Sanskrit. I want him to know Latin. I want him to know. But they got feats for that. Aramaic, right? True, true. They got they have feats for that. Yeah. You could, but you like could uh, take the rogue a background to, feat. That's true too. I mean, that's fair. I, I, I don't know. I like at least with the, if there's going to be one that they kind of like they give a little bit more language flex on. I'm okay with it being the rogue personally. They didn't do it with any of the other classes, though. It's just well, rogue. And it, but again, it depends on the type of rogue. If you're if you're a street urchin rogue, no, you don't know twelve languages. I'm sorry. Well, you may not know. You'll you know, know thieves can't. You might. You might have picked I some mean, other you, languages you might, up, if, right? If that's your character build. But if you're just, you right. know, I'm I'm just, you know, Joey Joey Two Fingers <laughs> on the street. Um, I've never been out. Hey. Of, I've never been out of the out of the. Uh, <laughs> The sticks here. No, I, I've, I've not encountered any of this stuff. I know thieves can't, and, and I kind of know common. Right, kind of, right. Common really is just like a bastardization of thieves can't for you. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're they're, they're talking to you. It's like, I, I know you're speaking English, but I have no idea. It's like, it's like when you guys talk about IT and computer stuff. Mm-hmm. I know the words that you're using. I don't understand the sentences you put together. It just turns into white noise. I get it. Yeah. Look, if any, like, look. If anybody starts talking about like sports and te- like and like it's like about pl- like football plays or anything like that or positions or anything like that, it all turns into Charlie Brown's teacher. Yep, yep, eyes glaze over. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's terrible. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so cunning action. 
Same. We we know this one. Dash engage hide as a bonus action. No no yep. no big surprises there. That's second level. Third level, you get your rogue subclass. We'll talk about that with thief here in a minute. Fourth level is feet uncanny dodge at fifth level. Uh, that's we know that one. That's a half da- damage on an attack. Mm-hmm. Actually, hang on a second. Uncanny dodge. You can use your reaction. Oh, let's see. Any attacker that hits you with an attack roll, you use the reaction to half the attack's damage against you. Mm-hmm. Is that the same as in fifth edition? Pretty much, because evasion is when you, because evasion is when you, you know, roll out of the way with uh, saving throws and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. Evasion versus okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, sixth level is a subclass feature. Seventh level is expertise. Eighth is a is a feat. Then you got your evasion, which we know that one. Uh, yep. 10th level at feet. It, but you know what, though? I don't think mm-hmm. people are going to be real happy with having to wait till ninth level to get their evasion now. Oh, you're that's waiting, a good point. You're waiting two whole levels for something that people, you know, live and die by, literally, as a rogue. <laughs> it's true. Um, because traditionally, let's see, when do we get, when do we traditionally get uh, evasion as sixth. a rogue? Sixth, sixth level. level. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. That's like it is interesting to me to see where they've kind of moved some of this stuff around quite a bit. Yeah. You know? Uh all right. And then let's see. Evasion at ninth, feet at tenth, subclass feature at tenth, um, reliable talent at eleventh. Mm-hmm. So you've refined your talents. Whenever you make an ability check to use one of your skill or tool tool proficiencies, treat a twenty roll, a D twenty roll of nine or lower as, as a, a 10. ten. Yep. So that's the same. Uh, that's right. It is the same. And then 12th is a feat. Subtle strikes is you have advantage on any attack roll that targets a creature that is within five feet of at least one of your allies who isn't incapacitated. Yeah, that I feel like. So you so we've lost blind sense. Yes. And now we just get advantage from flanking. Yeah. That, that yep. is an optional rule or was an yep. optional rule. I, that's that's kind of wow. That's whoa. Because, you know, that increases the the chance of rolling all those dice for for mm-hmm. crit sneak attacks you know even more now so yep yeah just, just think one more good. thing that i think that that to me goes into the column of ooh let's play test this yeah shall we let's make sure let's make sure that we don't actually we literally don't double the number of crits that we have at the yeah. at the table from one person as a result of this one. automatically i mean automatically uh, yeah automatically because because exactly. you're doing this anyway you're always looking for that the fighter running up there, I'm following them so that I can get my sneak mm-hmm. attack. Oh, now I'm following him because I get sneak attack and I'm going to get advantage on the attack. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Let's see here. 14th level is a subclass feature. Slippery Mind at 15th. We know about that one. Your proficiency with wisdom and charisma saving throws. Uh, feet at 16th. Elusive at 17th. No attack roll has advantage on you while you are in, are not incapacitated. Uh, yeah. Stroke of... Go ahead. I never, I never liked that ability. Right. Because to me, there should be more convi- con- conditions that affect that besides just being incapacitated. You know, if you're mm. grappled, if you're restrained, right. if you're mm. blind, you should you should still. I mean, I'm sorry if somebody's got you tied up, mm-hmm. and you're not incapacitated, you're just restrained. How are you getting advantage? That's a that's fair, very fair. That's a really good observation. Yeah, I agree with that. It's like, it's, like, it's like it's like you know in, in the Scooby Doo cartoons, it, it, Shaggy's you know stuck in all those tires and he's jumping around and and ducking <laughs> and diving and not getting hit. I don't know. Is it real? St- is it still really that hard to hit him? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the dude's stoned. Come on. <laughs> uh, let's see. 
your stroke of luck is, is our capstone ability here. If you fail a D20 test, you can turn the roll into a 20. Once you use the feature, you can't use it again for until you use a, until you uh, expend a short rest or finish a short rest or a long rest. How would we feel about that one? I mean, it's that's it, fine. It, yeah, it's the same, right? It's like okay, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, feet at nineteenth, epic boon at at twentieth. Really, some of this is going to be like rinse and repeat, right? Because it looks oh, like yeah. feats and oh, epic yeah. boons are the two things you get at the end anyway, every single time. Every Anything time. you want to touch base on about that before we move to thief? For the most part, I like it. Yeah, it's I not mean, bad. You know, I. For me, uh, I throw out the extra languages unless that's something that's really important to the person's background or their mm. character concept. Um, the subclass, fine. Evasion, fine. Uh, you know, yeah, it's 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 cool. I I would play this. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah, I think it still feels like a rogue, mm-hmm. right? It still feels like a rogue. Still feels like a rogue. And then let's talk about thief. So thief third level, they get two things. They get fast hands. Uh, so you can, as your for your cunning action, uh, you can also search and use sleight of hand as a bonus as your cunning action. I like that. Yeah, that's I like that. For as a thief in particular, that's like right on the money. Mm-hmm. Pun intended. <laughs> uh, and then second story work as a part of your third level, you're uh, you're trained to get into hard to reach places. You gain a climb speed equal to your speed. And whenever you do a, have a jump distance, you use dexterity dexterity checks instead of strength checks for dexterity or for jump distance. Yeah, sounds about right. I, I like that, but again, I'm I I like things to be a little bit just a little bit more noodly mm-hmm. because if if it's second story work, I think the climb speed needs to be have some qualifiers. Like if there's a rope or if there's actual actual handholds or or something, yes, mm-hmm. you get a climb speed and advantage. You know. Mm-hmm do something like that. And then if there's not a rope or there's not actual handholds, like, cause you don't see like professional rock climbers usually on a rock face flying up the side of a, mm-hmm. of a cliff, but in a competition in a rock climbing competition on those walls that they can step back and they can see the different colored hand and footholds. They pick their line and boom, they're off like a rocket. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there needs to be like qualifiers. Um, well, maybe it's that not important. Is, maybe that's the difference between a rogue and a professional rock climber in the real world. Is the rogue kind of does like the equalizer telemetry slash you know like scan mm-hmm. of the rocks and can like instantane like almost instantaneously yeah. gauge yeah, you do the that. best path, right? You could do that. Um, I like Kilowatt's idea too that they can hold their breath longer with with mm. the uh, the second story work. They can't. No. Is that what you're? No, he's saying that he thinks that they, they should, should though. Them. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be because I mean, maybe not second story work, but uh... Uh, okay. So then we got sixth level supreme sneak. You you have advantage on every stealth check you make as long as you're not in medium or heavy armor. Makes you sense. are one sneaky son of a gun. That's right. That makes I mean, makes, sense. makes sense. Especially thief. Duh. Right. Uh, and then use magical device. Oh, there are some things about this that I like, and some of the things that are like, all right, the, like that doesn't make any sense, though, right? Uh, like, yeah. Like attunement, have, being able to attune up to four magical items at once. Yeah, that's cool. I sure. like that. Charges, though, is where I'm I like scratching this. my head. Yeah. So whenever you use a magical item uh, that expends a charge, roll a d6. On a roll of six, you use the property without expending the charges. 
I don't see how a rogue does that. Like, how how is a rogue any better at using a magical item than a wizard, right? Traditionally, they can use a magical item like a wizard, whereas other classes couldn't. So if we're kind of trying to harken back to that tradition, I'm not sure that this is the the correct mechanic to, to do that with. Unless, unless they're going to give wizards and sorcerers an ability that says that when they use a, an item that has charges, they roll a D6, and on a 4 through 6, mm. they use it without expending a charge. Maybe. And the thief mm. can do it on a 6. That makes mm. sense to me, because a thief should never be... Be- a, a thief of equal level should never be better than a wizard or a sorcerer or something like that using magic items. Mm-hmm. That makes again no though sense. they breaking the rules a bit, like with being able to attune to multiple items. That's kind of there's like a cool fine. factor there that I'm 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 good with, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I like but, that part. Yeah, but like a lot of the time, to me, they should. <laughs> I'd almost even argue that they should use double the charges because a lot of the time they're jury rigging the device to get it to work in the first place. Yes. I, that to me, I think would be better, you know, kind of like almost make it like a wild magic Mm. kind of table. Yeah. Roll your D six and you might, you might expend one charge to get to work. You Mm -hmm. might expend two charges for a one charge ability, or you might do the thing that nobody wants to do. And that's blow all the charges all at once. Mm-hmm. And to me, that would be hilarious, right? I, I don't. I, well, that's this is like from a from a what's the word I want to use? Like from a design, like like a, from a conceptual design perspective, I don't see Wizards of the Coast doing things like that, having abilities mm-hmm. that could possibly blow up in your face, except for maybe the Wild Sorcerer, because that's kind of like it's that's a shtick. But like, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. I like that the the D six does other things other than the six. Yep. You know, yep, yeah, it's like innocuous on a two, three, four, five, but on a one, bad mm. things happen, bad things right. happen. or not or something bad, right? Uh, and then the other use magical device is using spell scrolls, which that's cool, was, yeah, that's fine, yeah, again, you know, that's fine. And then 14th level thief's reflexes, you can now take a second bonus attack, a bonus action on your turn as long as you're using it for a cunning action. Uh, you can use this a, t- a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all of the expended uses after a long rest. That's it's kind of hard to keep up with. I think I feel like right, not hard to keep up with necessarily, but it's like a, it's additional administrivia that I'm not really sure. Like, I, I think I get what they're trying to get at, but it seems like it's cl- maybe, maybe it's just clunkily worded. I understand what they're what it means, but well, what I mean, you think okay, so so that means it, it, as a thief. I could say, okay, I'm I'm going to just I'm just going to double move. I'm going to use my action to move. I'm going to use my movement to move, and then I'm going to use my bonus action to dash, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to use my extra bonus action to dash again. Well, see, so hang on. Let's think about this for a second. So you would move thirty as a part of your move. Uh-huh. Move thirty as a part of your action. Move uh-huh. thirty as a part of your bonus. Move thirty as a, so one hundred and twenty feet of movement. If you just really blow your thieves all your extra bonuses, your yeah. bonus actions, right? That's like, yeah. Well, wow, that's a lot. I would say yes to this if it said you know you have to use provided it's a bonus action from your cunning action, but you can't use the same cunning action twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, actually, I think I like Kill a Lot's wording there. I think maybe if you just said 
you can use cunning action twice on your turn instead of only once, but you can only do this the do the extra a total number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. That's yeah. Which at fourteenth level, let's go back here. I think it's like is it four at fourteenth, five. So you can do it five times per long rest. That's a lot, man. That's a lot lot of extra bonus actions. Mm -hmm. All right, holy moly, that is a lot. So we went through all of the class details, Troy, in the in the hour and a half that we've been we've delved into this, and we still have. That's only fifteen of thirty-seven pages. Yep. I think this warrants a part two, person. And, and I'm only on I'm only on page four <laughs> of your notes. I'm note. <laughs> no, that's all. It's all we're going to do is give you additional time to put up put together more notes, right? Oh no, no, <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah, um, I've got a lot of stuff on the feet. Um, yeah. Do Do we want to say anything about it at all, or just wait? What do y'all think? We- I'm I'm of the mind. I'd love to hear Zach's insights on some of this. If we can get kind of like a a catch up of his of how he if there's anything that we may have missed in the classes, and then have him dip in with us when we get into the rest. Because I think that the rest of this should go pretty relatively quick, quickly until we get to things like the different actions. Because that one that's one of the things that's bugged me out. There's there are a couple of things. Just as a spoiler alert, right? There's a magic action. Magic is an action. Magic weird. is weird. And but you know what? I mean, I like it. Spell? Maybe as I don't know. Maybe, but fine. It's an it is an an, an action, right? Like yeah, an, I mean, an, I don't I don't know what I mean. It's like the the like this it seems like this crazy overcategorization is what's killing mm-hmm, me, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think the other spoiler alert that I'll throw out there, just to kind of like whet everyone's appetite, is Short swords, you better hide them. You better hide them. They're different now. And I'll leave it at that. I'm going to leave it just like that right there. Mm. Perfect. Oh, short swords. I don't, do not. Uh, there's got to be something going on with why they made that change. Again, if you do not know what we're talking about, go out there and read the play test or tune in when we, uh, when we circle back on this. I um, and I, 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 I'm, gonna, I'm not going to make any promises, but I hope that we can either do a double episode on Tuesday because uh-huh. we we have a special uh, for Tuesday. I don't want to. I don't want to give anything else away. Yep. We've got something special on Tuesday. If you're here right now, make sure you are here on Tuesday. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be a good it. one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just hands down, you're not going to want to miss this. Um, and then hopefully we can do an extra episode with with Zach um, being here and talk about feats and stuff like that. Maybe and he can yeah. give us whatever insights he has on what we've already talked about. We'll try to shut up. Yeah, I think that'll be great. We'll try. We'll see. No problem. It's asking a lot. It is asking a lot. Especially of me. All right. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Chat, we appreciate you sticking around with us and uh, offering up some additional insights. So kill a lot. Girk, uh, Master Dungeons, our buddy Mitch was out there. Salil, thanks for moderating for us again. I see Craig out there. I think that covers just about everybody that was with us tonight that uh, that was chatty. Uh, thanks so much for joining us uh, for Zach, Troy, and I here at Geeks Can't. Thanks for uh, for hanging out with us. Troy, take it take it away. Make sure you uh, come and hang out with us on uh, Discord, please. We have a we have a nice and lively chat going mm-hmm. on over there about all kinds of things. We've got uh, we're we're, st- we're still working on our next uh, movie marathon, uh, putting that together. Um, 
all kinds of good stuff over there. Got to reduce for, the number of zero theorems we put in this one. I yes. Think. Yes. Well, there's gonna be there's gonna be stinky turds in it anyway, but whatever. There will. Yeah, it's true. Um, it's true. But yeah, uh, and like what John said, man, thanks for thanks for all of you hanging out with us uh, here on the stream. Thanks for listening to us um, on the podcast and and watching the videos on YouTube and all that stuff. It really makes. I know it makes my day. I know it makes John's day. And Zach's not here, so we don't care what he what. It, oh yeah. Day, what day it makes for him? Um, <laughs> he could he could tell you himself. But, Zach doesn't uh, have any. He doesn't exist when he's not on the show. That's so right. That's I, whatever. But uh, other than that, play great games, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Stay safe out there. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, go ahead and head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes, and you can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, While you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook. Give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed. Uh, Give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube. And you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time.